good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it may be for you to be watching this. <laughs> uh, welcome to Led by the Word with um, Mitchell, Liz, Chloe, and I'm Faith. And today we are starting in 2 Kings 16 through 17. And unfortunately, these are not the best chapters of the Bible concerning the <laughs> They are not very happy. They are not, happy not positive. <laughs> We're going to let Liz start us out this time. Okay. So. So the story begins in the 17th year of Pekah. And Ahaz is just beginning his rule in Judah. He was 20 years old when he became king and reigned for 16 years. He, like the others before him, did not do what was right in the eyes of God. He even went to the extent of sacrificing his son by fire in his paganism. So the rulers of Syria and Israel then came up to make war with Ahaz. The king of Syria had taken over Elath at that time. Ahaz, in his fear, sent messengers to Assyria begging for his help. He even called himself the king's servant and sent him silver and gold from the treasuries. They just never learn. They keep giving away God's treasures yeah. <laughs> yeah. every time. It was God's treasures and even his own. Like his own from the king's house, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, here's just all my gold. Please come save me. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the king of Assyria decided to help him and took over Damascus and took captive of the people and killed the king of Syria. When Ahaz went down to the king of Assyria and found his altar and sent for the priest to take note of the pattern of the altar so that he could remake it for himself. Okay. <laughs> so this king was known as being probably the worst king in Judah at the time. Good old Ahaz. Uh, sacrificing his own children to Molech or Moloch, however you'd like to describe him. This god was known for his um, child sacrifice. It was not good at all. Not just the king sacrificing, but letting his people sacrifice their, their kids too. Yeah, it was really... So, how this would happen is... I've done some research. There are a bunch of different ways that people s say, you know, the god is set up or whatever. Most of the time, it was basically just a metal image of a man with a bull's head. Uh, some say he had his arms stretched out like this. That would make the metal really, really hot by building a fire underneath it. And um, there was either a ramp that went from the hands to the stomach where they would set a child on top of the hands and the child would basically burn uh, and bake on this image. And when the child would scream, they would bang drums and, you know, shout or, or whatever they would do uh, to keep the family of that child from hearing the child screaming and keep them from having their hearts saddened. And it was, that is something so horrible. Oh, that's not morbid one. Bit. There's people who, like, they say, they say that there's still people who do this today. And I am so surprised that this is still a thing. <laughs> like, that is horrible. It's been going on for generations up to that point, too, because it even says in Leviticus mm -hmm. that the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed to Molech, mm -hmm. the 
the altar, the God, whatever. Mm -hmm. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones, and I will set my face against that man, and I will cut him off from among his people, because he hath given up his seed unto Molech, to devile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do anyways hide their eyes from the man which he giveth of his seed unto Molech, and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and will cut him off. That was Leviticus twenty one through five. So the like the repercussions of sacrificing to Molech according to God was you know absolutely horrible. You're gonna mm. die if you sacrifice your child to Molech. That's absolutely. what God was saying. So and this this king of Judah in God's own country, God's specific place, decided he would sacrifice his child. That is amazing to me. That is amazing how far this king went against God. Chloe, do you have anything? Um, I wanted to mention the high priest Uriah. Yeah. Who, um, you know, he's he's the high priest, but he's like, um, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll do evil with you, Ahaz. And like that's one of the worst parts about you, King bro. Ahaz. That's one of, the, one of the worst parts about Ahaz because like his evil and destruction, it wasn't just Upon him, it was he spread it to other it leaders. It influenced the people yeah. of even God's temple. So I had a quote that I wrote down. I don't. I studied in like the late hours of the night, so I don't remember if I found this somewhere or if I said it myself. <laughs> so, oh boy! If someone out there has said this, Delirious. credits to you because I don't remember. <laughs> but so I wrote down. A lot of people settle for less because they don't want to wait on the greatness God has for them. So, like, you know, Uriah chose evil with Ahaz, and I think, like, if he would have stayed and, like, you know, would have been a priest, <laughs> if he would have been a better priest, he could have, like, he could have been called higher to, like, greater things, but he, like, he didn't want to wait around. He was just like, oh, I'll go with you, Ahaz. Why not? Yeah. You know, like... Because the king, the king was great in power. He could benefit Ahaz, or yeah. was that his name? What was his name? What, the Uriah. Uriah. Yeah, Uriah. He could benefit Uriah, you know, basically any materialistic way that Uriah wanted to be benefited. Uriah almost had an option, too, because it says, King Ahad commanded Uriah, saying, Upon the great altar, burn the morning burnt offering and the evening meat offering, and the king's burnt sacrifice and his meat offering with the burnt offering of all the people of the land, and their meat offering and their drink offerings, and sprinkle upon it all the blood of the burnt offering, and all the blood of the sacrifice, and the brazen altar shall be for me to inquire by. Thus did Uriah the priest, according to all that King Ahaz commanded. So uh, the King Ahaz leaves Uriah for a while and tells him to continue sacrificing. And Uriah just keeps going. It has no problem. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, he could have stopped. Going. So a lot of chapter 16, actually just about all of chapter 16, yeah. is Ahaz and his idolatry... Uh, where he sacrifices his son, then he gives away all of the gold to be saved by another king instead of asking the Lord, you know, to help him. Um, and then more idolatry by building another altar 
and then he dies. That's basically the end of chapter 16. Are we surprised by the idolatry at this point? Because, like, Mm. no. Israel constantly, like, every chapter, it's like, oh, we have a new king, and he's great, but they're still burning incense. In the high places. (laughs) Yes. High places, still there. They built them. They still smell incense. incense. Still burning that. I mean, to be fair, Ahaz seems like one of the worst of the bunch. Oh, yeah. He's 100%. Because he didn't just allow these high places to be, you know, continuously burning, but he also built altars and kind of sacrificed his children. (laughs) Did we we mention that? I thought it was interesting, though, that he sent to the king of Assyria and said, I'm your servant and your son, like... He humbled himself quite a bit to ask for help in that way, like from another. Put himself thing. below him, yeah, almost. I thought that was interesting. Don't see much of that anymore. <laughs> it does seem out of character for Ahaz. It really does, because he's like, "I'm too great, or I'm not worthy to ask God for help, but I'll ask this other king for help and humble myself mm-hmm. under him." Maybe he kind of just thought he had Baal on his side, or the other gods. Molech. Malek, I don't know. He, um, I mean, he went so far in his idolatry. If you go to Second uh, Chronicles twenty-eight, I did some other studying for this. So, but if you go to twenty, chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty-five, it says he went so far as to in every in every several city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense to other gods and provoked. To anger the Lord God of his fathers. He went so far as to put high places in several cities of Judah. <laughs> like, not just over here in Israel and go serve those places, but serve in Judah, Judah Judea, however you want to say it, itself. That's amazing to me. So Ahaz is dead. <laughs> This is bringing flashbacks. Yeah, we'll just, I'll just do this every episode. I'll always announce the death of our beloved kings. So, yeah, Ahaz dies at the end of 16, I believe. And so, starting off in chapter 17, we're going to learn about the reign of another king. Which one was it? Hoshea. 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 I'm not going to read too much on him, but so... In the chapters 7 through 18, we learn of how, of how Israel fell. And so, we serve a very jealous God in Exodus... Nope, wrong one. Hold up. In Exodus 34, 14, it says, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. So we learn of how Israel fell in verses 7 through 18. I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm going to touch on a few. So it says... For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. And they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchman to the fence city. So, you know, Israel was always secretly sinning, even though, you know, God would constantly so I'm like, I see what y'all are doing, but they're like, oh, if we build these high places, they're God high ain't places. gonna see us. They're not, he's not gonna see us. But you go to a high place to be seen. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you're at a high place, that's the like, place where you're most likely like to be seen. putting yourself on a pedestal and they're like, he ain't gonna see us. <laughs> He's like, no. I think it's more so just like a sin where you just don't really think about it much. Like you'll partake in it and then the rest of the time you're like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's justified and you try and justify it. And well, wouldn't they make their sacrifices every year to the Lord in his temple? If they were, if they feared the Lord, they were supposed to, you know, do their sacrifices once a year. To take up, to cover all their sins. It was kind of a worse sin because they were kind of in-betweeners. In verse 17, I'm not, well, might as well touch on the first part because I know you, you really like to talk about this one, but so. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire, use <laughs> divination and enchantments, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Now that like angers me because they're like, I purposely want to anger God. And it's, it's mind boggling that after all, how many times God spared the, these people? Hundreds of years. Like, they're like, I don't know. I'm, I want to treat them this way. You know, I want to treat them badly. And so I was thinking about this and I was like, I was basically casting judgment on all these people. But then I was like, you know, not to go too deep, but, um, I've done God this way where like I've put something above him or I didn't have him as like a main priority and like you know I didn't have high places I didn't burn incense or anything <laughs> he's a jealous God and I've definitely done some things to make him jealous and like I've put things above him and what is it? it was verse 18 therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight and there was none left but the tribe of Judah only mm-hmm. and I was thinking I was like in this life, the last thing I want is to be removed from the presence of God. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I feel like these people just weren't right in the head because I'm like, how could you not want to be in God's presence? Right. That's such an important thing. I was literally praying about that last night. You touched on something I prayed on last night. Literally, I mean, even David himself was begging. I mean, he begged God, do not take your presence from me. You can take anything else from me, just not your presence. Because the presence of God is the presence of life and love itself. Well, the Lord was a like a priority to David. Mm-hmm. He's not a priority to these people. And this we see true. how God gets mad at them. He still has mercy on them for the most part. But he still, you know, is angry, it says. The amazing thing is, he gave them ten commandments. Ten Commandments. I mean, he, he has a, a few other rules, right? But the, the main thing was these Ten Commandments. Follow these Ten Commandments and, you know, you'll be right with God. And then they have all these other gods that they Verse 19, to. also Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God. <laughs> I mean, and served a bunch of other gods. Now, it's interesting, too, because in uh, chapter 17, verses 35... 37 and 38. They all mention the phrase relatively, don't fear other gods. God was specifically telling them multiple times, don't serve other gods. Don't serve other gods. You've done this for hundreds of years and it's never worked out for you. Don't do it. And yet they still did it anyway. I mean, despite it not working for them. And all they had to do was 10 simple commandments. It even says, but the Lord your God shall, ye shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hand of all your enemies. So they had victory right there. They had freedom right there. And they still chose to worship in the high places, to uh, sacrifice to Melech, all these 
awful sins that their fathers did just because they're kind of living in this, uh, well, my fathers did it. Well, all these other people are doing it. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to continue in my own ways instead of doing like what I individually think is right. They need to break generational curses. <laughs> Can we talk about how there was lions sent out? <laughs> Verse 25 of chapter 17. So the Lord even warns them and says, fear me. And they, they, they don't want anything to do with him. And so he sends lions to slay them, you know, just casually. And this <laughs> yeah. definitely provokes fear in them. And that's when they kind of start to listen. But they don't really take heed to what he's saying in their hearts. They still kind of just do their own thing. They all even hear about the lions, too, because more people, it, like the word that God sent lions carries throughout the land. A good way to end is that they just, they did not listen, even after the lions, even after God warns them time and time and time again. In verse 40, it says, Howbeit they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So these nations feared the Lord, served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers. So do they unto this day. They, they did not listen. And it's, it's really heartbreaking and sad mm -hmm. that they still fear the Lord. They know he's there. And they do not hearken to what he says. They do not listen. They still turn away from him mm -hmm. each and every day. Soon after this leads into captivity for Israel and Judah. And, but we'll get into that, you know, once we get further into Kings, which will be later. But we have something else to talk about. Okay, so here we have the Oasis magazine. It is filled with articles about people's testimonies and what God's brought them through. I think this one's like specifically about Thanksgiving and stuff being and like thankful. being thankful. It looks like it. Yeah, I would <laughs> very fall <laughs> colored. I would say so. We actually have a segment from Faith's family here. I don't know what it's about. Hi. Raising uh, children in this generation. Oh, that's my mom. That's children. kind of what we talked so, about. For all our parents, yeah. that would probably be a good one to read. We actually have another one that talks about Mitchell's mom and how the Lord helped her here a few months back. But yeah, you can learn more about like what it's like to work at the TV ministry. Thank you guys so much for watching. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We will see you next week with chapters 18 and 19. Thank you for joining us at Anthony Wynn Ministries. This is our 20th year of touching hearts and changing lives through TV ministry. And this is made possible by our partners. Because of your kindness, we have reached over 150 million homes worldwide, and we're currently in the process of constructing a new office space and studio building. It is our goal to double in size this year and add new stations to our outreach. Currently, we send out thousands of free resources monthly, and your donations and partnerships make this possible. Partner with us today and become part of our ministry as we reach an orphanage in Haiti, a recovery center, and all our local missions. When you partner with us, you can receive a free DVD or CD, a monthly newsletter, and an Oasis magazine. Just call 1-877-226-4088 or visit our website at anthonywin.org. Thank you. God bless you.